when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is She and Her, broadcasting from 104.7 WHUPLP in Hillsborough. I am Anita Rao. And I'm Sandra Davidson. And as you guys know, this summer we've had the pleasure of working with Monique Laborde, an intern for She and Her, and she's done a really great job. And um, you actually met her a couple episodes ago when we had our show Meet the Intern. And today she is taking the reins and has put together a full show about queer millennial women. Yes, and um, this is something that Sandra and I talked with Monique about a couple episodes ago um, in that our understanding of queerness and, and the use of the term queer was a little bit different than Monique's and a bit different from how she and her friends identify. So Monique decided to put together a whole episode um, and bring on a friend to help guide the conversation and help sort of deconstruct some of the terminology and talk about why it matters and how terminology is used um, to build community in particular ways. So she brought a friend, Kayla, and um, Kayla and she have been having conversations together that they decided to bring some on the air. Yeah, great. We have a guest, and she is Kayla Snowmuren. She is my friend of many years. So Kayla goes to Vassar, which is a small liberal arts school in upstate New York, and I go to UNC Chapel Hill. And we were recently talking, catching up about what it means to be a queer woman um, in college and the visibility issues that queer women face because often gay white men are the face of the LGBTQ community. And also we were talking about what our role is as queer women to the rest of the community, other young women and older women and the movement that came before us. We have a lot of questions and hopefully we can share some of our experiences with y'all. Welcome to the show, Kayla. Thanks, great, glad to be here. Well, why don't we just start and tell us what the word queer means to you? I guess I think of queer as sort of an anti-definition, um, as sort of it's trying to problematize sort of different categories of identity. And so sort of in a mainstream way, queer means to, to not be straight. But um, a lot of the people that I know, especially in academic queer circles, use it as a way to sort of deconstruct what it means to identify at all. Well, how about Monique? Why don't you tell us a bit about um, what it means to you? Yeah, I found queer when I was a first year in college, queer as a term. Um, and before that, I had felt a lot of divisiveness in the community, in the queer women community, if I was going to identify as lesbian or bisexual. And I really felt uncomfortable using those terms. I thought they were too 
explicit and not very welcoming. And so when I first started hearing people identify as queer, I was like, this is a very welcoming way to to have a movement and also taking women's and gender studies classes at UNC Chapel Hill. I was learning about the history of, of the word queer as a word that was like a derogatory word and that has now become a word that people uh, find comfort and identify with. Um, so you were talking a bit about how you each define the term. Maybe we can take a step back and talk about um, your coming out stories and how that relates to this notion of queerness. Yeah, so I sort of first came out when I was 14, um, but sort of took very timid steps out of the closet. Um, and I first came out as bi to my friends. Um, and then sort of throughout high school, sort of wobbled in and out of the closet and mostly dated guys and was really pretty invisible um, because I didn't really talk about my sexual orientation unless explicitly asked and no one really explicitly asks 15 year olds um, questions like that Um, and I when I got to college was when I really discovered other queer women or like a community of queer women Um, and that was when I sort of came out for real Um, And then I I sort of came out in college almost by accident. Um, Someone at a party invited me to a a queer lady party. Um, She was trying to figure out my sexual orientation. And so I was like, yeah, I would love to come. And then showing up at that um, party was in and of itself an act of coming out. And my school is so small that that's like a really defining moment. Um, And then in college, I started dating women and getting involved with women and realizing that I was like fine with men, but women were really electric, and so bi didn't really feel felt like it fit anymore. Um, and I always really struggled calling myself a lesbian because um, that felt like something that like my mom's friends called themselves. Um, and I think part of my like reluctance to use that term was some internalized homophobia um, and sort of a internal struggle to not be that. Um, in finding like gay and queer, it sort of felt like that was a term that described a community. Right, I think your story, you started your your journey earlier than I did because I didn't think of myself as queer at all in high school or before then and I was bullied. Like as I remember being called like derogatory words and people would think that I was a lesbian and I was like, well, that's funny because I'm straight, <laughs> you know. And then I got to college and I was dating a guy and I remember telling him my first year of college, like, I think I'm really attracted to women. Like, I would marry a woman. And that was my first time telling someone out loud. And then once I told him, we obviously, like, worked through it in our relationship and transitioned into being friends. But once I told him, I feel like I, I spent my first year joining the queer community at college and that was my first time acknowledging it to myself, which was the biggest step for me. And then my friends and family came in the next two years, I told them. I'm interested in hearing you kind of unpack this generational difference more. So I'm speaking back what I'm hearing from you. You guys can tell me if I'm on or if I'm <laughs> off. But so for you, queer is an in-community word. It's more welcoming. It's more encompassing. It's less about definition. And gay is that as well yeah I guess I I really like gay and I when I'm talking about myself I'm most likely to use gay um 
I also, I've definitely gotten pushback from older generations that like gay is the word for men and like lesbian is for women. Um, and part of what I like about using gay as a woman is sort of demasculinizing the term. Um, and I think that there are in like, in a lot of ways differences between gay and queer, but I tend to use them interchangeably. That's funny. Yeah, I think I maybe have internalized that the masculine association of gay, and I rarely identify myself as gay. Um, often, like, it's I use gay in, like, a joking sense, like, a lot of times, and queer is a, a more serious identifier for me. And so you said that you've gotten push, pushback from older people about the the use of that word. Have you experienced the same with the word queer? And when I get pushback about queer, I get the pushback of like, well, what specifically are you? Or I don't know what that is, not that word doesn't belong to you. Hmm. And in a sense to you, like using that word is is an act of not wanting to have to define to anybody, to be explicit to anybody. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. That is so uncomfortable. When you think about it, you're really asking someone to be like, okay, is your sexual preference just women, men and women? Like that's mm-hmm. a really personal question to have to have someone explain to a, 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 usually it's an introductory situation. So it's right. just like, doesn't need to happen. And the, the less we can make it happen is, I think, helps the queer community. Does it often happen? Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. I get like questions all the time, like, oh, well, like, have you dated guys? Like, have mm-hmm. you had sex with guys? Oh. And like stuff that is like mm-hmm. totally inappropriate to ask someone you don't really know. Um, right. But I guess people feel entitled to when they're trying to like figure out exactly what your identity is. I, if I think back on my college experience, I remember people coming out as gay or lesbian, but I never knew anyone who came out as queer when I was in college. I don't know if you... Yeah, I mean, I feel like people talked about the queer community, but I don't remember anyone ever describing their coming out process as coming out as queer either. Um, and I feel like as a journalist, I've noticed, even in the past five years of working in the field, I've noticed a visible shift in that terminology of like musicians who formerly like branded themselves as gay or lesbian have changed that terminology. So it does feel like there has been a significant shift. Think about Frank Ocean. I mean, he just put out an album, but I remember when his first album dropped and he wrote a letter, I think it was either on his website or on a blog or Tumblr or something of that sort, talking about having relationships with men but he also writes about having relationships with women and Mm -hmm. that was sort of a seminal moment in like R&B hip-hop culture because here was this person who had probably the biggest album of the year in that scene and he was identifying as something that a lot of that scene has rejected for so very long so yeah I, I wonder like are you guys conscious or aware of how people in the entertainment industry or in the media are talking about these things? I'm always aware of like when it's super straight, um, especially like when it's a song that's about like stereotyping a straight woman in a certain way and having these certain emotions. And it's it's also, I think, why queer or lesbian media becomes like cult-like is because they're so... Uh, little of it that like when we know like an artist like Tegan and Sarah um this twin sister duo when who are both queer like when they put out a song that they're both saying publicly like this is about our relationships with other women it, people just queer women are like going crazy for it because mm-hmm. there's there's not that much of that in pop culture yeah I guess I still um feel like though um 
that pop culture is very divided along gender lines. Like I, when I think about the queer media I consume, it's almost all media by and for queer women. And that media for queer men, I think of definitely as something really different. And I think um, media that's targeted for queer men is also less likely to be made by queer men. Like there's, you know, we're sort of like a, like fetishizing of people like Kesha and things like that by queer male communities that um, I don't think necessarily crosses over into like queer women media. So tell me about, you both are in in college right now and obviously the college campus is a very different space than the big wide world. <laughs> um, what is it like to transition in and out of being in a space where people very comfortably use the same terminology that you're using. You feel like you have a strong sense of community. You know who your community is. You know you're not going to be sort of faced with these questions maybe as much as you will be in another space. And especially for you, Kayla, I guess, coming back to the South Mm -hmm. after being in college at Vassar, which is known to be very liberal. Um, Tell me a bit about how you navigate that transition. Yeah, I guess I navigate a lot um, that at Vassar, I both know that it's a really accepting community and know that I'm usually read as queer at Vassar um, and read as part of a queer community. But coming back home, um, people usually just assume that I'm straight because they don't have any other frame of reference. And most people sort of think about everyone else as straight until proven otherwise. Um, So I get a lot of like people like asking me if I have a boyfriend and stuff like that. Um, usually I just like answer politely no and then like move about my day. How about you, Monique, in terms of the transition in and out of the environment? Right. I do think I get asked um, more inappropriate questions out of the college environment that I have to field and sort of um, I'm getting better at it, but I am a laugher when I get asked an inappropriate question about my sexual orientation or my identity. I'll just be like, oh, ha ha, <laughs> which is a really terrible way to answer that. And I, it's just because I'm uncomfortable. But I'm learning, I think, more to try to speak my mind. Um, but then also the really difficult thing to navigate for me outside of the college environment is like when you're in a work environment, you know, is it inappropriate to talk about your sexual orientation or is it a marker of your status in a community that is underrepresented and your perspective in that community? You know, like in, uh, in almost any other minority situation, you, it can be read immediately, but this almost needs a verbal confirmation, your mm-hmm. sexual orientation. So is it ever, when is it appropriate to come out of work? Uh, it's something I, I think about a lot. And how do you make those calls? It seems like I usually say if it's relevant to the topic that I am discussing um, or if people are having conversations and somebody work would explicitly ask me about a partner or if I was going to bring someone to a work event, I would clarify then. But I don't think I would bring it up if unasked or if it wasn't relevant to the conversation, which I think most people would do with, with their partner, whether queer or straight. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of an interesting conundrum, right? Because you don't want to have to explain. Like, the whole point is you don't need to have to explain. But then at the same time, when you're in certain circumstances, it it makes sense to or your, your hand is kind of forced to. And I had a friend who I intuited 
was gay and I spent a lot of time thinking like how can I support him and his coming out experience and I remember talking with my partner about it and he was like well really in a perfect world like you wouldn't have to he could just show up with whoever he was dating at the time and it wouldn't even have to be a big conversation and that was really a big sort of eye-opening thing for me like as a friend the best way to support in that situation was just to let him say whenever he wanted to yeah I guess the best responses are when people yeah like treat it like a non-issue um like the friends that I have that I think of as the most supportive are the ones who never really I never had to have like the big conversation with (laughs) and who just sort of like yeah just like treat it like exactly the way they would treat straight friends um I always get really uncomfortable when people make the whole like oh I'll like love you no matter what and I'm so proud of you and like it's coming from a really good place but it just like makes me so uncomfortable Mm. to have to have it be this whole big thing Um, because I guess when I was coming out as a teenager and still now um, my biggest fear was like changing the way that somebody thought about me by coming out Um, so when people like non-verbally affirm that it doesn't change the way they think about me that's feels the most supportive Mm -hmm. it's like all right cool and Mm -hmm. what what are you ordering for dinner right exactly (laughs) i remember when i told my sister for the first time i was so nervous and it was over the phone and i was like i'm dating this girl i like her a lot like this is her name my sister was like oh what's she like like what does she study and i was like didn't skip a beat (laughs) didn't even skip a beat which was great moment for me i was like walking on air do either of you have a story about a moment of resistance that comes to mind of someone either like resisting the way that you identify yourself or a coming out conversation that was especially challenging that you feel like maybe illuminates either a generational divide in how we think about queerness or cultural divide yeah so earlier this summer um the it's actually the afternoon of the orlando shooting um we'd like heard about it in the morning um and that afternoon, my mom was driving me to my summer job where I was working as a teacher's assistant at Governor's School um, in Winston-Salem. And it was like an hour and a half drive. And we were talking sort of about um, Orlando. And she she was saying that she was so proud of me for how like out and proud I am, but that in the wake of stuff like this, I really needed to be careful. And like I needed to like know when to like not like showcase my sexual orientation or know when to not like be resistant to someone who was being homophobic and that was like coming from a place of her like wanting to keep me safe um it was a really hard conversation to have um and um yeah I think her sort of I think instinct was to make it like assume that I guess sexual orientation should be like a private clause like a like what happens in your bedroom is fine and like whatever but that's like a private thing um whereas maybe a younger attitude is sort of to think more about community or about like visibility um because I think my generation maybe talks about visibility in a different way than my mom's generation um and that coming out is for a lot of people it's not just about so they can find their you know wife to settle down with mm. but is like a how we like live our lives now and the kind of like queer communities that I'm in or the way that I am really proud um right visibility is such a huge conversation topic of our of our generation like marking yourself and being out and proud and what that means to 
the younger kids who are coming into college or who you're coming in contact with in your life who are knowing that you're out. And I actually have really been struggling with this with one of my younger friends who's like, well, I'm out, I, I'm queer, but why do I need to tell anyone? Hmm. And she's only 19. And, and she's like thinking that now there's really no reason to even discuss it. And that's sort of mm. where you get all the disconnect between the previous like decades of the gay rights movement totally. and how connected, sh- how much responsibility do you have to those people who, who were living um, in the closet for their whole lives that now we've made so much progress in such a short amount of time that some people who are younger than us might think it's not even a topic you should discuss. I'd love to talk about the intersection. So we were having a conversation last week with Monique about her hosting a um, scale-smashing party. So we talked about sort of beauty standards and image. How do you feel like that plays out in the queer community? Yeah, I think all the queer women I know have the same body image things as all the straight women I know. Um, And I think the queer women I know are also definitely brought up in a way that makes them very conscious of the male gaze, even if they're not actively trying to like date or sleep with men. Um, so I don't know that I've noticed that it really plays out that differently. I think also um, being on a college campus is a very image-focused focused place. Yeah. Um, so no matter who you're trying to impress, there's definitely, I think, a lot of pressure and ideals to, to live up to. I think that at UNC, in my community at least, there's a lot of feminine queer women, and they look traditionally very beautiful. <laughs> and like that's a desirable thing to look like. And I would definitely echo the misconception that queer women don't have the same body issues because I don't know they're not they're not trying to attract men, but that is they still grew up in the same mm-hmm. patriarchal. Um, media and society, and so it's it's definitely still there. Well, let's take a break. And in our second part of the show, you guys are going to unpack some other in-community terms. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. All right, welcome back to She and Her. Um, you guys have prepared a sort of play-by-play of some vocabulary that Anita and I might not be as familiar with. So tell us about this rapid-fire round of um, words you're going to share with us. Right. We put together some lingo that 
we either use in the queer female community or we recognize as a part of like queer female culture that is if we saw it on a TV show or on a magazine we would read it and understand exactly what they meant so we wanted to give y'all the spark notes version of <laughs> some of the queer lingo that we use all right so take us to it where are we starting all right our first word is a femme you want to define femme, Kayla? Sure. So femme is both an adjective and a noun as like a very feminine presenting queer woman, um, like long hair, skirts, usually red as straight. Red as straight, right. And they're like also known as lipstick lesbians because mm-hmm. they wear a lipstick. And I usually am boxed in as a femme because although I have short hair, I wear dresses and lipstick all the time. But those terms, femme, uh, and some of the other terms we're going to define in a minute, like butch and chapstick, are not exactly set in stone. (laughs) There's this Ellen DeGeneres quote that I love that's um, asking which lesbian is the the man and which one is the woman is like asking which chopstick is the fork. (laughs) Um, The like butch femme lesbianism is a a really outdated idea um, Hmm. that femme lesbians can only be attracted to butch lesbians and vice versa. Um, I think these terms now are definitely more kitsch and fun and less of a definitive identity category. Or you should go ahead and define butch, which is like a masculine presenting lesbian. Usually what we see in media, in straight media, as a lesbian is usually like cargo pants and, you know, boxy (laughs) tees and short hair, buzz cut, no makeup. You know, that's that's a butch lesbian. And there's all sorts of within butch. We spared y'all from this. But within butch, there's like five categories of butch. All right. um, And next is chapstick lesbian, um, which is a play on lipstick lesbian. A chapstick lesbian is someone who is sort of in between butch and femme. (laughs) And doesn't really present specifically as either or presents as both at different times. Which one of these, if you had to identify as butch femme or chapstick, do you think you would pick one? Yeah, I think I'm chapstick. I definitely try sometimes (laughs) to be um, more butch or androgynous, but usually I'm very chapstick, I think. (laughs) What about you? I think I'm a femme. For a while, I used to think that that meant that I was also couldn't really be queer if I liked like lacy things and necklaces and earrings and lipstick. But I, I love those things, and I'm also queer. And then we have okay another term: bi curious. You want to define that? Sure. Um, I think that's <laughs> a word that um, I hear it's a lot of times. Um, people use that before they come out um, as sort of a. I just want to see what it's like to be with a woman or, yeah, when I'm drunk, I like making out with my female friends, Um, that kind of thing. But, yeah, I guess I, the people I hear talking about that generally come out later. Um, Or don't. Right. And they're straight. Right. I feel like, though, I feel like the straight women I know who actually, like, maybe sometimes have, like, crushes on women, which is, like, most human sexuality is not that simple. don't flock towards the word bicurious. Hmm. I think in college it's it's used a lot just because college is, is advertised at this time where you're supposed to experiment with everything and figure out what you like. And so women say it without intentions of a romantic relationship with a woman or without feeling comfortable in a actual romantic situation, like holding hands on campus or, you know, mm-hmm. telling their parents, which is really frustrating for women who are out and do identify as queer. Um, and I think that there's some tension about this term because some people want to have sex with a woman or be with a woman without having to identify with the queer community. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I see. Well, there's one on here that I want to jump to because we're getting rather short on time, but Gold Star. <laughs> Gold Star. Oh, my gosh. This is a this is a con- another controversial term. You want to define it, Kayla? Yeah, so a Gold Star lesbian is a lesbian who has never had sex with a man. Um, <laughs> and some people uh, use this to mean, like, those are, like, the real lesbians. Like, you win a medal for being a lesbian. Like, you get a gold star because you're, like, that good of a lesbian. Um, (laughs) Which is kind of a problematic categorization because it sort of sets up this, like, hierarchy of these are, like, the real gay women and these are the ones who are pretending or sort of, like, reinforces the, the narrative that if you haven't known since you were five that you were gay that you're not really gay. Totally. I think gold star should go away as a term, but maybe this is because I'm not a gold star that I feel that way. And all the gold stars are like, this is the best. We're the lesbians. So, yeah. And then we have U-Hauling, which is sort of a joke in the lesbian community. Uh, Yeah, well, there's this joke. um, What does a lesbian bring on a second date? A U-Haul. And this joke was featured (laughs) on the first episode of The L Word, which is an iconic cult show for queer women. Still is. It was in the the 90s um, and gained a lot of popularity from there. Um, The idea that lesbians move super quickly emotionally and move in together way too fast. Right, and then blow up explosively in a terrible breakup. (laughs) (laughs) It's usually what U-Hauling ends in. And we did want to, because you're talking about queer women... In college, I've known a number of queer women who identified as queer women and then decided um, that their identity was as genderqueer. They felt that they were um, did not identify with man or woman exclusively and were either both or a combination, more fluid. And I think genderqueer is a really important term to define when talking about queer because people might confuse them. But uh, genderqueer is under the LGBTQ or the queer umbrella, and it usually is someone who doesn't define with, um, doesn't identify themselves with man or woman. All right. Well, you guys, thank you so much. much. Yeah, thanks for having us. That is our show for tonight. This is She and Her. We are produced in the studios of WHUP in Hillsboro. And if you want to get some behind-the-scenes info, see um, images that we have collected related to each of our episodes, we're also on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Instagram, yes. And, you know, send us your stories. Yeah, pitch us at sheandherradio at gmail.com, and you can find a clearinghouse of all of our information and past episodes at our website, sheandherradio.com. All right. Good night. (laughs) Good night. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. 
As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.